in, in the middle of the night, a uh, long time ago, a call rang out across a pasture and it wasn't a cry for help or a warning sign. It was a specific call for one intended purpose. And as the sound traveled across this plain, the quiet flock of sheep jolted awake in unison. The sound was very familiar to them. They knew the source and the significance of the call. And without hesitation, the sheep rallied together and took off in direction of this call. Weapons were no hindrance to them and took off in the direction of the call. They scurried past soldiers in pursuit of this calling and they were certain that it was their master's voice. The Turkish soldiers who had come and brought an attack against these shepherds of Jerusalem were standing by in awe. See, there was a war going on, a battle uh, between Turkey and some elements in uh, Israel. And in a moment of plunder, these Turkish soldiers had gone against some unsuspecting Jerusalem shepherds. And they made their move in the darkest time of the night. And they took these sheep by force. Uh, the shepherds who were on duty there were bewildered and overwhelmed by the strength and the weaponry of the soldiers. And they had no other choice but to relinquish their sheep to the thieves. But they ultimately knew they had the upper hand. Once the sheep were under the watchful guard of these Turkish soldiers, the shepherds got together the greatest weapon that they had to retrieve their lost sheep. It was a hostage situation, but that hostage situation was no match for the call of the shepherd to the sheep. So in the pitch dark of the night, the sheep who are not known for their intelligence, they heard it. They heard the call of the shepherd and these sheep came running, running past the guards, past the guns, out of captivity. The shepherd's call rang out across that pasture over all the other noises and defeated all the other threats. The sheep know their voice, the voice of the shepherd and they followed him to safety. Wow. Uh, as we understand the role of the shepherd, it's wonderful to hear Jesus claim to be the gate and to be the good shepherd. This chapter is right that we're looking at today is John chapter 10. We've been studying together the gospel of John. This is the 21st message. We're getting near the middle uh, as we've been studying all year. If you don't have a gospel of John, I hope that you'll, you'll get you one. There's a Bible right in front of you. There's also these gospel of Johns in the foyer. You can pick those up and they are there not only for you, but to be given away. Because we hear uh, incredible, amazing truth in the midst of that. Today, and I know I've had you do this a couple of times in the service already, uh, but today I would love for you to stand with me as we hear this incredible truth from the word of God. Would you stand? The scripture's on the screen. It's also on your outline, maybe in your Bible. Jesus says, very truly, I tell you Pharisees, Anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, 
but climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls to his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate. Would you say those words? I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief only comes to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. Would you say those words? I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own his sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. God bless his word to us today. You can be seated. All right, uh, as we study the scripture here uh, together, you have an outline there. Uh, I wanted you to think with me about uh, who the characters are in John 10. Uh, not only here, but we'll have a second message next week in the second half uh, of John 10. So what you have here is you have some characters. First of all, um, who's the shepherd? Is that right? It's a little quiz, right? So, uh, Jesus is the shepherd. Some of you got it, but the um, rest of you still waking up. All right. Uh, John 10, he's the shepherd. And this story is about a shepherd and a gate. Uh, doorkeeper, thieves, robbers, hired hand. So the shepherd is Jesus. Now, who's the gate? Jesus. Good answer. Uh, the, the answers get a little harder as we go along, but... Um, <laughs> Jesus is the shepherd, the good shepherd, and Jesus is the gate. Now, it's mentioned in this scripture, the gatekeeper. Now, there's a lot of discussion about that. If I had you answer, you would say nothing because uh, you, uh, you might say Jesus again, but he's the gate. He's not the gatekeeper. Um, I, really, I think the gatekeeper is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who opens the gate. 
He is the one that leads us toward our Savior. He's the one that you feel in this sanctuary today while we've been singing and praying and reading. Didn't you feel his presence while we were reading his word? Uh, the Holy Spirit is the gatekeeper. He, he is opening the door. He is leading us uh, toward, uh, toward Jesus. Uh, you know, the important thing about the, the gatekeeper is not just what they do, but, who, but he lets the shepherd into our life. He brings us toward the shepherd. Now, there are, um, there are thieves and robbers mentioned here. Now, the easy answer might be that the thieves and robbers are the Pharisees. But when you look at this whole chapter together, the thieves and robbers are those who take life away. Those who take life away from us. So that could be all kind of different elements in our life. What gives you life and what takes life away from you? What leads you toward life, but what robs you uh, of life? We heard that in, in the verses there. The thief comes only to steal and kill and to destroy. Uh, also, he mentions hired hands here. Remember, he said the hired hands are the ones that they don't own the sheep. They're just kind of hired to do the job. And when the wolf comes... They run away. They don't really care about the sheep. They just simply care about their responsibility there or their job. So the hired hands are those who use and abuse and abandon. Use, abuse, and abandon. And the reason I, I used that language for uh, the thieves and robbers and for the hired hands is for you to recognize that this message is not just a message about some religious leaders at the time of Jesus' life. He's talking to you and me about those things that rob and steal from us what God has in mind for us. Uh, so getting the, the right characters together. So when you look at this story, Jesus is talking about shepherds and gates and thieves and robbers and hired hands. There's a good shepherd. There's a bad shepherd, someone that you want to follow. And there's someone that you don't want to follow. And so if we got all these people here and Jesus gets to be the shepherd and the gate, who are we? Who do we get to be in this story? What are we? Sheep. Say, I am a sheep. Uh, some of you don't like that, but say it anyway. Say it again. I am a sheep. Now, we'll talk about it as we go along here. Maybe you feel a little better about it. Now, what I want you to get is kind of the formula of what is happening in this scripture here. Uh, because if, if, if you, you don't just get caught up in gates and shepherd and all, realize the kind of the formula that Jesus is laying out here. Um, the formula is belonging plus access equals life belonging plus now that's not in the in your bible somewhere it's my way of trying to help you grasp the entirety of of this chapter belonging let's talk about belonging belonging is so awesome isn't it when you feel like you belong, that you're in a place that you, uh, you know, when you came in here this morning, I hope that you didn't walk in here and nobody didn't speak to you. And, you know, you just kind of made your way over there and just kind of sadly sit over there. No, somebody talked to you because I called a bunch of your names here this morning, right? I mean, if you came to church early enough before the singing started, I'd probably talk to you. Sorry about that. Uh, I know some of you getting kids in and all that, uh, but, uh, you know, this is your place, a place of belonging. You have, a, hopefully, at your house, uh, it's a place of belonging. You have your belongings uh, there because it's a place that you, that you live, a place that you stay. Uh, we need to have a, a sense of belonging. You know, it's a sad thing when you have nowhere to belong. When you feel like, you know, you know sometimes, sometimes this, um, this little 
formula here gets kind of spoken in other ways. So it's belonging plus access. Now, what I mean by that is that when you're given an opportunity to, in this case, be connected to God, you know, you didn't come up with that on your own. God provided access to us. He created an open door. He came here. He's been working on us for centuries. He sent his only son to walk among us. And he's still working on you today. Do you know that? When you got up this morning and you realized it was Sunday and you got up and you came in here, thank God for that because God was after you. He has created access so that he could reach into your heart. Now, people like to do this other way, other ways, because I say belonging plus access equals life. Some people like to put other things in there. So like um, they might say, well, family plus money equals life. You know, some people that would believe that might be some of you in this room. You know, family does not always mean belonging. Okay, y'all just gonna leave me out to dry. Okay, I, and <laughs> I know some of you and I know that you love family and you want family to be important to you, but some of you are connected to family, but you really don't feel like you belong. You know what I'm talking about? See, a lot of people would say, well, it's family, but it's not just family, it's belonging. It's knowing who you're a part of and where you are and what your life is about. And then, you know, access is not about how much money I have what kind of job I have, what kind of life, that my life is not going to be uh, connected simply to, uh, I don't know, we could say person instead of belonging. Some people think, if I could just find the right person, you know, if I could just marry the right person. Now, I'm not knocking marriage. I think that's fantastic. I'm getting ready to have 37 of them, I get, you know, years of that. So it's fantastic. Um, I'm blessed by that. But the person in my life is not the key to my belonging knowing who I am, who I was made and created to be. That's a part of it. Man, I'm so happy that I found this person, right? Uh, but I know that she's not my savior. She's not God in my life. Uh, she's got her own problems and mistakes. She's got a lot of great things about her. Uh, I got some of my own problems and stuff, you know. But belonging plus access equals life. Shepherd plus gate equals life with God. Isn't that pretty? That's so beautiful uh, for us to, to think about that. So when John 10 starts here, uh, the very first thing we heard Jesus say is uh, very truly or truly, truly, uh, the old King James says verily, verily. And what Jesus is saying is, hey, 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 I have something you need to hear. We just saw this incredible scene of Jesus healing the man born blind. But he said, I want to make sure you get this. You're the sheep. I'm the shepherd. Um, now, if, if I'm a sheep, some things about that. Uh, first of all, I'm kind of uh, vulnerable uh, as a sheep. Sheep are vulnerable creatures. Uh, God didn't compare us with rhinoceros, you notice. Uh, he compared us to sheep. But if you think about it, some people live their life like rhinoceroses, if that's a word. You know, you want to put on this armor and you want to totally protect everything in your life and you got this big horn out in front of you and if something is happening and you're going to get something in your life, you're going to put your head down and go get it. That's kind of the world we live in. That's what the world teaches, doesn't it? But the problem is 
that you just keep running right into stuff and banging your head against this and that because you're not a rhinoceros, you're a sheep. You're a sheep. And when you hit your head over and over against the world around us, you get dazed. You get confused. You end up wandering around because you're vulnerable. You don't just put your head down and go after whatever you want. You find the shepherd and let the shepherd lead you into life. Praise him. Now that's fulfilling and that's lasting and that's joyous. Would you say it again? I'm a sheep. I am a sheep. That's who he called us to be. And that's not being derogatory. That is recognizing the role that the shepherd has in our life, recognizing uh, who we are. Now, several things about sheep. First of all, sheep stay in folds. F-O-L-D-S, folds. Uh, that's where they go and sleep. Sometimes it's translated sheep pen uh, here. Why do they stay there? Because they can't stay out wandering out on their own at night. They need to be brought in to the fold to be safe and to be warm. The second thing we know about sheep is that the sheep stay in flocks. They stay in folds. They stay in flocks. Sheep are not intended to be loners wandering around on their own. They are together kind of animals. There's literally safety in numbers when it comes to the sheep. So we're like sheep. We need a fold. We need a flock. Uh, we need a place of security in our lives. We need a place of acceptance and belonging. And you know what that is? One of those places is the church. The church is to be a place of belonging. It's a flock that we need uh, others around us to encourage us and to help us. Man, I'm so about this. I mean, my whole life, I just, I mean, I have this sense about me of what the church ought to be like. So if you want to get me upset, all you have to do is start messing with the church, right? And I'm talking about the people and, and uh, because there's certain ways that we have to act certain ways that we live because the church has this place. If this is a place, you know, sometimes people, people get hurt. Things happen. I don't like them at all. But the reason I struggle is I don't want you to let this place be a place that's not an encouragement to you. Uh, you know, sometimes I have no control over some of those things, but that's our desire, isn't it? You know, we're not one of those places that fusses and fights and argues and does all this stuff. Man, we love each other. Amen? Amen? We love each other. We care about each other. You come into this place because this needs to be a place of belonging, a place where you're safe, where you feel like, okay, that's, that's my spot. I, I get to go there. So uh, if, when, when you're new to us, you know, if I'm a little overwhelming to you, I'm, I'm really not sorry. Uh, uh, <laughs> I want, I want you to know that walking in this place is different because we need belonging. We need uh, to be loved. We are like sheep like that. Now, another thing about sheep is that we, we realize that sheep are easily influenced. Everybody in this room, including myself, we tend to think sometimes that we can make it on our own, that we can make all our right decisions and that nobody could never could really influence us. But all of us, just nod your head, we are all easily influenced. I mean, it can be as simple as a commercial or watching QVC or, I mean, you, or whatever you, the influence that they, they can have on us. See, being a part of the flock means that, we, that when, someone, when one of us starts heading off in the wrong direction, the other sheep might look around and they might begin to wander off in that direction. Uh, but we recognize that we have to stay connected uh, to the shepherd. I'll tell you how we're influenced. When, uh, you, ever, you ever notice how we're influenced by fashion? 
You ever see, you remember, you remember what they wore in the 1970s? Don't raise your hand on that one. Um, you know, I noticed that back then, you know what, you know what the thing was? Bell-bottom jeans. Like, bell-bottom jeans. You know what they wear now? Skinny jeans. <laughs> you know it's, it's, like, it's like the fashion. Uh, that's how human beings are. And that's why we need a shepherd. We are sheep. We're vulnerable. We're easily influenced. And Jesus says, you are a sheep. I am the shepherd. Now, as he goes on in John 10, he talks about how, we, how he can meet our needs. Uh, what does the shepherd do for the sheep? Well, first thing he tells us here, what does the shepherd do? Is that he calls us by name, calls us by name and leads us. That means if you're a sheep and if I'm listening, that I realize that his voice comes to us and his voice is clear and recognizable. You know, when they, when they put sheep uh, to bed at night, Sometimes they put them all in a big sheepfold, multiple flocks of them. Even, even if they're out in the, in the pasture for the night, there might be different flocks that are there. But they have no problem because the next morning uh, they hear the call, the call of, 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 that brings them out. They know the voice of their master and they, so they go right back to their particular flock. If you didn't understand the story at the very beginning of the service this morning, that's exactly what happened. Those sheep heard the voice of their master. That's what it's like for you and me as believers. There are a lot of voices in the world, right? Lots of voices. And his voice when we are believers is clear and recognizable from all the other voices. If you and I are going to live the abundant life we were created to live, given to us by our God, we have to listen to the voice of God. Just as the shepherd called the sheep by name, our shepherd calls us by name. You see Jesus doing that even even in the Gospels. Remember in John 20, we looked at that around Easter time, where the story where Mary sees Jesus for the first time after the resurrection, and she thinks he's the gardener. Remember that story? She doesn't know who he is after the resurrection, and so she's crying about it, and she's so confused by her fear and her doubt and her disappointment, and the moment that she recognizes Jesus is when he calls her by name. See the verse? Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means uh, teacher. So when she heard the voice, uh, Jesus called her by name. Happens to Peter, Simon Peter. He said, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Uh, Matthew 16, 18. Uh, He said, you're Peter, you're the rock, that's what your name means. I'm going to build our church on the kind of faith uh, that you have. He did it to Philip. Uh, Philip asked uh, asked him some questions. He says, uh, show us the Father and it's enough for us. And Jesus answered, John 14, 9, don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you for such a long time. You know, sometimes Jesus calls my name and it's not always pleasant. You know, I'm sure your children don't always hear their name pleasantly. We get that, but he does use the right voice, a recognizable voice, a voice that changes us. So we listen, right? 
We listen to his voice. When you and I listen to the voice of God in our lives, he gives us direction. He, he never comes along and says, he never comes along and says, hey, you, back there in the green shirt, follow me. He never says that. He says, follow me. He offers us by name. I mean, he knows, he know, isn't it amazing that he knows your name? Like he didn't give you your name. Uh, somebody gave you a name. Uh, Lori and Phil and Clayton and Jim and uh, oh yeah yeah that's, uh, Miss Nancy right here you know I could go around this is Emma you know this is Jacob and Zach and Owen and Logan and Grayson Barb and Kimberly and Jeremy and Sean and Kim and Joan and um, Paula and Tom and Carol and Rebecca and Gordon and I could I could go on all day but that'd just be a waste of time when. He knows your name. He knows you. He knows how you were born. He knows where you grew up. He knows all the people that were really nice to you and all the people that were nasty to you. He knows all the good things that happened in your life and all the bad things. He knows everything that's going on in your life because he's the shepherd. He's the one that cares for you. He calls you by name. He knows you personally. He knows everything about you, all your uniquenesses, all your problems, all your struggles, all your depression. He knows everything about it. Nothing surprises God about you. You know, God never looks at you and said, whoo, I did not see that one coming. No, because he knows your personality. He knows what tempts you. He knows exactly what you struggle with, and he knows how to help you have abundant, full life. Belonging plus access equals life with God. Now, not only do we hear his call, but he calls us by name. We hear his voice. It's clear. It's recognizable. He secondly leads us and his direction is clear. His voice is clear and his direction is clear. He gives us clear direction for our everyday. I mean, have you ever noticed how tiring it is not to know where you're going? It's exhausting. Confusion is so wearying to us. So Jesus clears up all the confusion with his direction. It's part of the kind of living that he wants you to have. He says, I lead you. I lead you. Jesus is the shepherd who walks ahead of the sheep and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. Jesus leads the sheep. He doesn't drive the sheep. He leads the sheep. He doesn't even just walk alongside. Sometimes they would have other shepherds kind of on the side or at the back, but the, the, the master shepherd would be out front so that if somebody came up or some uh, wolf came along, he would have to meet the shepherd first. If the shepherd is walking out ahead of the sheep, he sees the ravines that are out ahead that the sheep might fall into. So he gets there first uh, in your life. Like for the rest of this week, you're not going to face a situation in your life that Jesus hasn't already faced faced he came to earth to understand what you and I as human beings face every week in our life I mean when you get there the shepherd's already been there and because he has he's already prepared a way out he's already got a plan for you I mean I, so I just cannot survive without some quiet time with God in the morning now I'm not I'm not saying you got to do yours in the morning. But I need to hear from God because there's so many times that he'll speak to me about a verse. I won't really know what's going on, but I realize that he's preparing me for my day. 
He knows what I'm going to have to be dealing with. So I'm seeking to listen uh, to his voice. Jesus says, goes on to teach in verse 5, that the true sheep don't follow a stranger. In fact, they run away from him because they don't recognize his voice. Uh, I don't... I don't always like being compared to a sheep. Uh, maybe, you know, they're not really very intelligent, but what he's reminding us is these sheep are so in tune with the master's voice that they turn away from these false teachers. Oh, there's lots of false teachers out there, right? You know where you might get some false teaching? You might get some false teaching at your job when they're trying to tell you about marriage because they might have a whole different perspective on it than God does. Uh, you, you might get some real interesting parenting advice by some friends of yours in your life. Maybe they don't, they haven't really thought. Uh, oh, oh, TV, Woo. it's a big one, right? Lots and lots of false teaching uh, on there, commercials and movies and things. One thing that you know about the sheep is they did not go, hmm, that's kind of interesting. Let's look over there. Nope, they said, oh, where's the, 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 shepherd, the shepherd's voice? That's the one I need to pay attention to. So uh, that's how we could be better sheep, right? Not welcoming so many of these false teachings into our life and kind of saying, well, that's kind of interesting. Maybe I'll think about that. Nope, what's the voice of the shepherd say? What does he desire? That's how he wants us to be uh, sheep, the right shepherd uh, leading our life. So uh, Jesus is saying there are shepherds and there are sheep but they didn't understand. So verse six says, they, Jesus used this figure of speech. It's like a, um, sometimes it's translated parable or proverb. So Jesus is using this idea, this formula, if you please, belonging, access, life. He is telling all this so that they get it. So they didn't get it. So verse seven tells us that Jesus tried in a different way. So he says it over again. Very truly, I tell you, let me give you a different picture. I am the gate for the sheep. I am the gate. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep didn't listen to them. I'm the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved, he says. So now he's talking about access. How do you get to God? How do you have a right relationship with God? How do you walk with God in, in your life? The Spirit of God has brought access to us through Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 2 says, Now all of us, whether Jews or Gentiles, come to God the Father with the Holy Spirit's help because of what Christ has done for us. That's why I say that the Holy Spirit is the gatekeeper because you got here. You got to this place of relationship with God because the Holy Spirit was working on you years ago, maybe days ago where he's drawing you to himself, access. Hebrews 10 says, this is the fresh new life-giving way that Christ has opened up for us by tearing down the curtain, his human body, to let us into the holy presence of God. Now, maybe there's some images there you might not be familiar with, but it's basically talking about what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross that has created access, a life-giving way uh, to Christ. So Jesus says in verse 9, what happens to us when we, when we come to him as the gate? Three different things happen when we enter in. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and out and he will find pasture. So the first is salvation. You will be saved. Whoever enters in through me will be saved, saved from our sin, saved from our hurt, offered life. It's incredible to me that what Jesus offers to us is what so many times we are missing in our life. 
finding life can get really complicated. A lot of times we think we, we feel like we've been cheated or something by the, the system around us, that there's other people that have not done what they should have done or have let us down. But I want to tell you the only way to real life is access that is given to you through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Belonging, access equals life. He not only talks about salvation, but he talks about coming in and out. He's talking about uh, security. Just a picture of security. In those days, there were many different enemies that would come against the sheep. If the sheep could come in and out freely out of the gate, they would recognize, recognize there were no enemies. There was great security in that. God wants you to have that kind of peace and security in your life. Can I get an amen? That's what he desires. That's what happens when you enter in. No worries about enemies. No worries about guilt. No worries about fear. Why? Because Jesus Christ allows you to come in and to go out in a place of security. Salvation, security, satisfaction is the third one there. You will find pasture, satisfaction, genuine satisfaction, saved with a full life. Uh, I mean, you ever heard anybody say, well, I don't know if I really want to go to heaven. I mean, you see those pictures of heaven, and I mean, I'd rather suffer in an exciting place like hell rather than spend eternity in this boring place like heaven. They miss the point entirely. They don't even know what they're talking about. It's a lie that Satan tries to sell the world. There's, tries, it tries to make it look like there's something exciting about sin and evil. There's not. It ends up in depression, darkness, and coldness. Jesus says you want to have real life? You want to have a full life that everybody is seeking? Follow me. I am the good shepherd. You, you listen to these celebrities, you listen to these actors, these sports people, these, all, all these people, so many of them, you know, they, they got everything they could want and they're still missing something, still trying to figure out where's real life, still divorce after divorce after divorce and all the children and all kinds of situations. I'm not saying a hundred percent, but a pretty high majority, right? We recognize that it's not in all those things. It's access that he's given uh, to us. We are called to enter into the gate. Not my way, his way. Not somebody else's way, but God's way. The result, life. Abundant life, full life. Uh, the, the memory verse for us here is 1010. I gave you the last part of it there uh, where he says, I came so that you can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. Now, this verse is written to you. It's not just written for this time. It's written for all time. It's one of the greatest verses uh, in the Bible. So we're going to say the reference, John 10, 10. We're going to say the verse together. I think it'll be on the screen. It's also on your paper there. And we'll say this verse together. So we say the reference, the verse, say the reference again. I want you to learn this verse. Ready? John 10, 10. I came so that you can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. John 10, 10. That's what he called. That's what he came to offer. Life to the full. Uh, what he means literally there is like super abundance, something overwhelmingly fantastic. It's talking about having a better life, a better quality of life, what you didn't even dream of. I'm so amazed at how much of Jesus we get. He's talking about abundance, super abundance, what Jesus came to give uh, to all of us.
Now, how do, how do you get? How do you get this life? Well, you get this life by knowing God's word. God's word is living and active, being in God's word on, on a daily basis. No, having the discipline of letting the word of God encourage us and train us, spending time in the word of God. We also hear God's voice through people. The Lord uses Christian community around us in a powerful way. He speaks through to us through one another. And we're created to belong, to be connected, offered access to this community that he's given to us. And our oneness in Jesus goes across denominational lines and across gender lines and across socioeconomic lines. None of those things matter. We come to Jesus all together. We've been given access because he is the gate. You know, gates change everything. Gates change everything. There's something on one side that is different from what's on the other side. There's a gate. Gates make a huge difference. You know, they have gates at stadiums, gates at communities, like uh, gated communities, gates at the airport, gates on ranches. There is a big difference between life with Christ and life apart from Christ. And he's the gate. It's vastly different on the other side of the gate. You know, Jesus capitalizes on this idea, this picture, and he puts a spiritual frame on it. The gate for the sheep in and out of the pen is a significant passageway. Many times the shepherd would lay his body down across the entrance so there was no in and out without it being uh, through him. He, as the gate, dramatically changes everything. Isn't Jesus so bold? He's so bold throughout the book of John. He does not have any difficulty with the claim of his identity. He doesn't hesitate to claim his status as the one and only gate. I tell you the truth, the man does not enter the sheep by the pen gate, but climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber. Everyone else, every other is a, is a thief. We live in a world of tolerance, don't we? A world of tolerance, all religions are accepted. However, Jesus declares that he is the one and only gate and it offers a clear perspective to us. You know, if reincarnation was true, then heaven with God would be false. If salvation is by good works, then it can't be by the grace of God. I mean, if many of the things we hear in our world are true, then the Bible cannot be true. Jesus makes it absolutely clear. I mean, it's, it's, it's really a difficult thing, but recognizing that there's one truth and Jesus says, I am the gate. I mean, later he's going to have another I am saying that we're going to study together where he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life that we're going to look at. How can he say that? Maybe that even bothers you a little bit. He's the only way to the Father. He's the only way to heaven. That's the truth according to Christ. I mean, think of all the ground that we've covered so far in the book of John. Just think about it. Jesus didn't come here to be confusing. Jesus came to bring clarity, absolute clarity. He's telling us that he's the gate. There's no other way. That the, It's not like a bully telling you that there's no other way. He's offering grace-filled message to us. He wants us to know his grace. See, the world would love you to think that sincerity should be the measure rather than salvation. But sincerity in the wrong thing is worthless. I mean, I can seriously believe, I'm going, um, let's see, I don't know, two weeks from tomorrow, I'm going to be at the Grand Canyon. So excited. Uh, and I, uh, 
We're, we're going to go there. It's going to be beautiful. And I've been looking at these pictures of like being out over the canyon. But I'm telling you what, I cannot jump off there and fly. I am going to get in a helicopter. That's the way to go. Because I realize that I have, I have limitations. Recognizing that just being sincere is not going to make the difference uh, for me there. But recognizing what Christ has done. Christ has laid down. So, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty kind-hearted dude. I want everybody to go to heaven. I really do. But I cannot have my way and my personality and my feelings. I have to realize that Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the gate that leads us uh, to Christ. So he's not being ambiguous. He's absolutely bringing clarity uh, to us about who he is and what he came to offer to us. So what is one of the key roles that he has? He's the gate. In verse 11 through 15, Jesus is the good shepherd. And the good shepherd literally lays down his life for the sheep. He was put on a cross a cross that showed us what kind of shepherd he was. Remember, his voice was clear, recognizable. His direction was clear, no doubt. And his love for us is absolutely clear to us. He lays down his life for the sheep. So what do we do? What's our response? Here's my encouragement to you. Number one, listen to the shepherd. Listen to the shepherd. Listen closely to his voice. Remember who's speaking is incredibly important, who he, what he is saying to us. We are influenced by so many things, but listen to the voice of the shepherd. He tells the truth. That's why thieves and robbers, they sometimes sound attractive, but Jesus is the one who knows your name. He knows what you're really like. Listen to the shepherd. Secondly, follow the shepherd. You're gonna follow someone Follow the shepherd. When we follow him, we choose to follow his path. God brought you here this morning to remind you that Jesus is the only one who really knows you, who really loves you. Focus your attention on listening to him and following his teaching, his way. Number three, trust the shepherd. Trust the shepherd. You start to follow the shepherd and he starts to lead you in a certain direction and then you begin to wonder, why are we going this way? What is it? Just remember that he loves you, that he's been there before. He, not, he knows what is taking place. Trust the shepherd. He knows the direction that he has for you. Belonging plus access equals life with Christ. One day, a little boy was in kid zone, and he uh, gets in the car. His mom... Uh, a couple other kids in there, and they're getting, driving off the property. And so mom looks in the back seat and says, and calls the little boy's name and says, all right, what'd you, what'd you, learn, in, what'd you learn in Sunday school today? And he said, we learned a Bible verse. Now the Bible verse was, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Psalm 23.1. So um, mom says, well, what was, what was the verse? And he just spit it out just as clear as day. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. He's all I need. Mom, slight chuckle. And then she didn't correct him. She said, that's perfect, son. That's perfect. That's exactly right. The Lord is my shepherd. He's all I need. Do you believe that? Maybe today you're here and uh, 
You, you, need to, you need to feel belong, belonging. It starts with him. You know, if you could see him, he'd be standing here like this. Come on in. You belong. You might not feel like you belong. Maybe you got something standing in the way that makes you feel like less than belonging. But he's the shepherd and he's all you need. He has access. If you're in this room today and you have not given your life to Jesus Christ, he's the access. He's the gate. He welcomes you in because he has life that he offers to you. We're going to say a prayer and I'd love for you to respond to him today. Recognize the belonging, the access, the life that he offers to you. Would you bow with me right where you are? Jesus, thank you for this amazing section of scripture, how you so profoundly define who you are. Lord, this morning in this place, love somebody. Love somebody that feels unloved, that feels like they don't belong anywhere, that wonders what's going on in their life. Remind them that they belong with you, that you have made a way for them. I pray for somebody in this service today that uh, has not fully embraced you as the savior of their life. They standing at the gate today and you open the gate and welcome them in by just saying, I love you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. I need you to guide my life. I need you to get me out of this place that I've been in and take me to the place on the other side of the gate. Feed me, protect me, watch over me, lead me by listening to your voice today. Receive him today if that's you. Lord, all of us are crying out for life. The world wears us down. Sometimes we make mistakes and we, we find ourselves wandering away from you, but we wanna be part of your flock. We wanna be part of your, your people. So draw us close to you and we pray for what you offer to us to be true, that you came to give life, real, eternal life, full and abundant life. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name, everybody said together, amen, amen. Thank you.